following the resurrection of Jesus and the coming of the Holy Spirit, it gave birth to the church. And that's what we're going to talk about today, the church, uh, the United Methodist Church here at Chippewa, the denomination. And we're going to begin by going back to the book of Acts. And the book of Acts tells the story of the early church when they were trying to figure out uh, what does it look like to follow Jesus as an individual? What does it look like to follow Jesus as a group? And what does it look like to live this faith in the world? And they had their ups and downs, and we have our ups and downs. The church is a human institution that lives in this world, but it is also the body of Christ that reveals the kingdom of God. So we turn to the book of Acts in the 11th chapter to hear about the church in Antioch. Now, though, now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch and began to speak to the Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch, where he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done. He was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord." Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. This is the first place that followers of Jesus were called Christian, followers of, of Christ. And the church then was expanding by leaps and bounds and moving into other countries and languages. And, and they struggled with who, who could be in the church or who could not be in the church. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And the church at times does struggle. And the church at times soars. We are Chippewa United Methodist Church. We're a local congregation. But Beyond us is a whole denomination of the United Methodist Church. And, and denominations are great because they can do things that we could never do as an individual church. And they can go places where we never go. But when denominations begin to be filled with stress and conflict, it can filter down to local churches. And that's unfortunately, where the United Methodist Church finds itself today. And the issue that our United Methodist denomination is breaking apart or splitting over is issues of human sexuality. That the stance of the United Methodist Church has and always has been that LGBTQT people can participate in the life of the church fully. They can be members of the church. They can do everything that anyone else in the church comes. They're welcome to come to the Lord's table. 
but also the stance of the United Methodist Church since 1972 has been that we do not ordain, like Pastor Ty and I are ordained, we do not ordain people that are LGBTQT. And also that our pastors and our churches do not, are forbidden from holding same-sex marriages or same-sex union. That has been our stance since uh, 1972. The, the United Methodist Church is forming in 1968. But recently, that has caused friction and started to break our denomination apart. In 2016, the General Conference met, and that's the only body that can speak for the whole worldwide denomination. And as has been the case each time, the traditional stance of our church was upheld. But following that conference in the western jurisdiction of the United Methodist Church, that jurisdiction elected an openly gay bishop, a woman, married to another woman. And that has caused rifts and ripple effects throughout our denomination. In fact, just last year, they elected a second openly gay bishop, a man. Also following the 2016 General Conference, traditional churches started a group called the Wesleyan Covenant Association, which started to envision a new denomination, a traditional denomination. And that has launched also last year. So if you think back to that general conference in 2016, at the same time this was happening, they decided to call a special session to just deal with issues around human sexuality. They have to do, deal with all the issues of the church. They felt it was just too much, so they would call a special section session just to deal with these issues. And that was held in 2019. And at that time, basically, two plans came up to the fore. One was sort of a plan where each church could decide for themselves how they would function in terms of LGBTQT people. And each annual conference across the world would decide how they would function. That was one plan. The other plan, which became known as the traditional plan, was that our stance on this issue would stay the same, that we would not ordain folks, we would not uh, hold same-sex marriages. And that is the plan that, that prevailed. And in fact, that plan prevailed and it actually stiffened penalties against, say, clergy that would do same-sex marriages. Well, in the wake of that, um, progressive churches quickly brought legislation that, that offered a way to disaffiliate, to leave the denomination if you felt you had to for a matter of conscience, thinking that the United Methodist Church has stayed traditional, and if there were congregations that felt they could not stay in that, that they could leave. Now, just a few progressive churches have used that since then, but it has been used and starting more and more to be used by traditional congregations that feel like they can no longer stay in a denomination that's this divided or where people are not uh, following or for whatever con reasons of conscience they believe, they feel they have to leave. And this uh, breakup, this split has been slow moving, but particularly in Western Pennsylvania, it has accelerated uh, quite predominantly. So that 
most likely by the end of August, nearly half of the United Methodist congregations in Western Pennsylvania will disaffiliate, meaning leave the United Methodist denomination. Now, when a church disaffiliates, it can be independent or it can join a new denomination. The global Methodist church is a new traditional uh, value denomination that exists, and a good number of those churches probably will join that. So then the question is, well, what's happening here? What is Chippewa United Methodist Church doing? And the quick answer is we are not doing anything for now. That uh, our church council, the leadership of our church has been kept up to date for the last two years as this has evolved and, and changed. And every meeting they have had, they have discussed this and what our church should do. Now, there's sort of two reasons uh, we're not doing anything at this time. A practical reason being that in order for a church to disaffiliate, you have to pay certain fees to, to leave the United Methodist Church. Now, this disaffiliating or leaving becomes complicated in the United Methodist Church because we have always been a very tight-knit denomination that in the United Methodist Church, all property of a local congregation is held in trust to the denomination. So all the buildings that we own, bank accounts, everything, do not belong to us wholly. They are held in trust to the denomination. Now, the, the reason for this initially was the Methodist Church wanted to be in every little town and village. And if you drive across western Pennsylvania, you can see that. There's a Methodist Church everywhere. And they felt like if that local congregation folded, they still wanted to be in ministry so they would own the building and they could start a new congregation there. Now, this was first put in place when it was basically a little church building in a little town. I'm not sure they ever envisioned millions and millions of dollar campuses of churches uh, with, with assets quite large, churches with mortgages uh, in the millions of dollars, but we still live in that reality. So in order for a church to disaffiliate, the uh, 2019 annual conference stated that they needed to pay two years of apportionments, which we are apportioned uh, monies each year that go to the church, the greater church beyond us. So they needed to pay two years of apportionments and then pay a pension liability. Think about it that in the future, if a lot of churches leave, there's less churches to play, pay pension, but the church is liable for the pension for all of these pastors that have served faith, faithfully and long since retired. And then our annual conference, because that uh, it was stated that annual conferences could add anything else that they desired. So for our annual conference, you need to pay two years apportionments, the pension liability, and then 2% of the church property value that we report on an annual form. So for our church, we would need to pay two years of apportionments, $154,844. And we would need to pay our pension liability, which currently stands at $186,859. Now, last year when the church council started this conversation, our pension liability was over 400,000, just that alone. So we would need to pay 154000 186000 and then two 
8% of our church property value, which is 180000 So as you can see, for our church to disaffiliate at the present time, it would cost us $521,000, so about half a million dollars. Now, the reality of our church, we don't have that in endowments or investments, and we have a mortgage for this facility right here, uh, which for most of this time discussing was still a million dollars. So we did not have the money. We cannot borrow the money. So one reason we're not doing anything for now is simply we can't afford to disaffiliate. The other thing, which I have stated to our church council again and again, nobody is making us do anything that we disagree with. No one's forcing us, but we're going to have to live in a denomination where people are doing something that we might disagree with. So that every time the church council meets, I ask, can we, can we stay there? So those are the two reasons that Chippewa is not doing anything currently. We are trusting in God that uh, when the general conference does meet in 2024, if there are big changes in the denomination and we feel we would have to do something, that they also would provide a way to disaffiliate. So I know that's a lot of information, but I'm also going to give you a, a chance if you would like to ask questions about this. I'll, I'll repeat your question so everybody can hear it and then uh, try my best to answer it. I know it's a lot to take in. There'll be a written article in the next church newsletter too, but are there any questions? Oh, I'm sorry, Paula. We're staying as we are. We're continuing to do ministry the way we do it, at the level we do it. Uh, right. So nothing is changing here. Any other? Did, did you understand? You know, it's a lot of information, but I'm hoping. Yes? No? Okay. Sure. Pardon me? Like what, yeah, the stance of the United Methodist Church of a, as a denomination is traditional, that uh, same-sex marriages are not allowed in the buildings or by clergy, and we do not ordain same-sex, I mean, LGBTQT uh, people. Now, within our United States, there are places where that is different, that they are not following that. Correct. They're going against what the, the, the policy uh, is. Did that answer your question? Has laws changed? Is it going to make the, the church change their way of Maryland asked if laws change. I'm guessing like state laws are... Yeah, I mean, right now, same-sex marriage is, is legal in the United States, but that doesn't mean that a church has to do that that we, we have our church law. And that cases like that have gone to, that I know of at least state supreme courts, and they've ruled, well, the church law states that you don't do that. They can't force us to do that. That's the separation of uh, church and state. Good question. Yes? That's what, no, don't. Okay. The main question, she's saying that she, she's, she's a progressive, and she's saying, what is the main purpose of Christians in a church? 
So that, that's a good question for all of us. I think, for me, it's to follow, follow Jesus. Unfortunately, her, her, oh, no, you're still there. Okay, good. Yeah, to follow Jesus. Yes. She's saying if we push somebody away, and, and you know, I've been in, I've served in the United Methodist Church quite a long time, but I've been comfortable with our, in our, our position that we accept every, everybody's allowed in the, in the church. My, this is Alan's opinion, when we get to or, ordination, that's the whole church, and we've never been able to disagree as a whole on that, so I've been okay with that we don't ordain everybody. And, and, and then the marriage thing that we don't, that's, that's, my, that's, my, that's my opinion. We do not preclude anybody from coming to Jesus. They could feel that th this church doesn't accept them fully. I can understand that. Correct. There was a time when women, uh, race was a dividing line, and that, that changed. And, you know, there's obviously people in our denomination that think, well, this should change. And there's people in our denomination that think this should not, this should not change. That, that's actually the essence of the division. Right. That's your, yeah, that's very good. And in the United Methodist Church we, Church, we have progressive and traditional stance, and we've been able to hold together in that sort of big tent, but right now we're, we're not able. It's dividing. Well, Yeah, when you get down in, into the biblical argument, um, both sides use that biblical argument, you know. And there are Old Testament and New Testament references, say, to homosexuality. But yeah, and 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 we disagree on the Bible interpretation as as a denomination as a whole. And I would say this is just my opinion. At, at that point, then it's hard. It's hard to be a denomination because a denomination is sort of folks that agree to f operate in a certain way. You know, think about your family. You have a way you operate as your family. It may be different than from the neighbors, but at times somebody in the family decides they're not going to operate by that. It gets conflict, conflicted. No, that's okay. Thank you for expressing your opinion. Any other questions? Thank you for uh, just felt our church council leadership has uh, been informed. And if you have other questions, give me or Pastor Ty a call, email us, we'll answer. Uh, you can get a list of church council members from the church if you'd like to uh, speak to them. But we just wanted to be very transparent and open about all of this. So as we move towards our last song, let us uh, pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for the church. 
the church that has cared for us and loved us, that has baptized us, fed us communion, and we give you thanks for your hand in it. Help us when we as humans are not perfect. Help us when the world creeps into the church. Help us when we are divided. Help us when we are conflicted, and we pray for your grace and your mercy always. Amen.